Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice bring you the softer side, life transitions, and relationship coaching. Join the live chat on YouTube every Wednesday and Friday at thesofterside.live. So let's uh, get started with today's topic, how to have a sexier marriage. First off, maybe you have to be forgiving of things that your partner does. That's the first <laughs> Screw thing. up your show. <laughs> Don't make that comparison. No. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> are we ready to do slides? Yes. Okay. You are. Let's start with housekeeping. Um, I'm Shelly Carney. I am a certified wellness and life coach specializing in life design. If you're looking forward to designing the rest of your life in a way that makes everything better, more exciting, and uh, full of delight, then that's what I'm here for. And this is Toby Eunice. He's my producer and business partner. I'm Toby Eunice. I'm her producer and business partner. And he's my bestie. <laughs> uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, you can find my YouTube channel at thesofterside.live and Starting today, we are on live at four o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesdays and Fridays, and that's Mountain Time. You can join us in the live chat room on YouTube or Facebook because we multi stream to both. We do have a member vault available full of great content uh, covering topics such as communication, relationships. Um, all kinds of great stuff. And that's at esofterside.com. I hope that you'll go there and check that out. And there's also a Facebook group for us. And just look at Facebook groups and look for the softer side. If you're interested in designing your dream life, you can simply sign up at esofterside.com for a free discovery coaching session. And we can talk about what your needs, your desires, and your future will look like. All right, Toby, why don't you get started talking about a sexy marriage, and I will share this out on my Facebook page. So I'm at a bit of, dis of a disadvantage <laughs> at this point because I haven't been married since 2004, mm -hmm. going on 15 years of not being married. But um, so uh, the thing that made this sexy when I was married, mm -hmm. things that make sexy, go ahead and do that. Go ahead, uh, I'm listening. Um, oh, things that made for sexy marriages, a sexy marriage. Um, is uh, intimacy, intimacy between you two and no one else. So it's really hard to be intimate when you have six kids running around mm -hmm. at any given point in time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what you have to find are the places uh, where you can have time all to yourself. Because you're, you're splitting your time so much with everything from work to the children to soccer coaching to her her things because there was a time up until the mid nineties where she was working as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I feel like uh, what uh, kept us going forward, constantly uh, moving forward was the fact that we made time for ourselves. And sometimes that was just a walk. Uh, we lived in a community that uh, was bordered, was surrounded by um forest it was a deciduous forest not a coniferous but uh they had paths through there and we'd walk on those paths and go walking oh, and it ran along uh, a stream and uh so that was one way where we could just talk hold hands and and talk mm 
Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds crazy for 40-year-old people, 40, 30, 40, 50-year-old people to be holding hands, but you don't see it enough because that's all part of that uh, intimacy. <laughs> and then, uh, and then while we would take the kids out to dinner, uh, we'd make it a point to have a night for ourselves uh, where we went out to dinner. And uh, I found the whole dinner and movies thing didn't work for me because the movies are, they're very, you're, it's not like you can be intimate at a movie. Mm-hmm. You're not, it's not like you're going to make out, but... Uh, there's You're not. No, no intimacy in a movie. <laughs> um, so I liked I liked the long, long late into the night dinner. Uh, I found very intimate, and I always set up the rest of the night. So nice. some of the things that I used to practice. All right. But I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, it's good to have that experience in your life. Uh, so what we've got here is phasing. Uh, there are three brain systems involved with falling and staying in love. And this is long term relationships. There's the sex drive, which usually is at the very beginning of a relationship. It brings people together. There's romantic love, which as Toby talked about coming together, making time for each other to be just the two of you. And there's deep attachment. And that usually, um, occurs later in the relationship as you, uh, uh, you know, um, you adopt each other's um, passions, uh, interests. Interests. You work on projects together, have children together. You have couple goals that forms that deep attachment. Now we can all bounce back and forth between these areas in our life and go through different phases, um, but they usually do do start off in the sex drive, romantic, deep attachment um, paradigm. Something that we need to have in order to feel sexy and want to have sex is to have confidence in our sexuality. So we want to feel and look attractive. Uh, The best way to go about that is to stay healthy, Um, you know, do your best to do as much as you can with what you have, right? Uh, And then number two is sexy talk. And I loved this. This was from a study that said women who talked about sex with their spouses for 10 minutes a day had the same sexual desire as women who took a libido boosting medication. So this is how important it is to talk about sex with the woman in your life, uh, who is your love partner, <laughs> not just any woman, <laughs> right? Um, Toby and I can get away with it because we, you know, we coach each other on stuff um, and we're best friends. But uh, normally I would say save this for your love relationship, sexy talk, because it does have the effect of raising a woman's interest in having sex. Uh, just do it. Well, two-thirds of women don't get aroused until they've already started the act. So sometimes you're like, well, she's just never in the mood. Well, then maybe just start trying to get her in the mood (laughs) in a way that, you know, is getting into the act as well at the same time. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, There's a very thin line between Mm -hmm. um, sexy talk that stimulates your partner and vulgarity. Okay. And what you need to do is make sure. And depending you avoid- on how many drinks she's yeah. had, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. So, uh, so what's interesting to me is that if you start with sexy talk, and actually the sexy start start talks with talk starts with uh, conversations about kind of that that model that you presented the at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, romance, and then it progresses to. Uh, progresses to sexy talk mm-hmm. but on a on a level that's more 
that's not offensive. I don't, and, and not that you could, but what was always interesting to me is as she responded more to it, and, and this wasn't one minute's worth of this, you know, it could be 15, 15, 20 minutes in a couple of, in a glass of wine. Sure. Uh, but at some point I realized uh, there that it got, I don't want to say vulgar, but it got kind of pornographic. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, she responded to that, she, mm-hmm. you know. But you had to do it. You had to build up slowly. Sure, it, it 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 would be the equivalent of not saying, "Hey, honey, let's watch a movie and turning on porn." Right. Right. That that uh, that doesn't work. No. No. But if you start slow and easy, talk about them, and then move it to sexy talk, eventually you can get to descriptive. Not necessarily pornography, and uh, you can always tell whether or not they're responding to it because they'll lean forward into it, mm. and and they'll say something like, "Well, they'll they'll respond to it." The best, the best indication that I always had was, uh, "So tell me," them saying, uh-huh. "Was tell me a, a fantasy? Tell me your fantasy." They asked you, yeah, ah. yeah. Did you think that they really wanted to hear your fantasy or that? They wanted you to start asking them about theirs. So I think it's the combination of two things. I think they're saying that so that they can make sure that they're included in whatever fantasy that you you have. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing too is they want they want you to know eventually what their fantasy is. But it, it's an opening to the conversation. Mm-hmm. But when they're at that point, when they're asking you that question, they're they're at a stage. Uh, in that conversation where they're prepared to be descriptive, you know, to talk, tell them, tell them your fantasy. Mm-hmm. And ideally it's not a fantasy that includes any of your next door neighbors or their sister. <laughs> you know, uh, I used to just make it neutral, right? Yeah. I would like this, or this is, and this happened and I was driving, you know, uh, and uh, try to make it neutral so that they could. And they're not. They're not actually. I, I discovered they're not actually interested in. It. It's just that opening to. Well, are you going to ask me? And, mm-hmm. and if they have to say this, then you're already got a problem. Mm-hmm. If they have to say, "Oh, uh, aren't you going to ask me about my fantasy?" Mm-hmm. Right. The sooner you can make that transition. Right. I don't have any fantasies. What are yours? You know. Mm-hmm. Sooner you can make that transition, the better off you're going to be. Well, and you could start a story. Yeah, you yeah. could say something like, you know, well, first, my thing is I'd like to start with this. And then what would you do next? Well, that, and so that's kind you of where I go. could bring them into well, the storytelling. One of the things that I do is I, I'd say, well, I'll make a deal with you. I'll tell you, I'll start a fantasy mm-hmm. if you finish it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The more sex you have, the sexier you feel, and the more you'll want to do it. So it's kind of like... Um, it becomes a part of our comfort zone or something that we're used to doing. Anytime we try to do something we're not used to doing or that's outside of our comfort zone, it's going to be difficult, awkward, uh, and, and we're going to resist it. Just That's just the way humans are. So the more sex we have, the easier it is to get into it and to um, just have it be almost a habit uh but something that we enjoy doing is a habit. Like, I enjoy having my coffee every morning. Well, I, you know, that could be another habit that we enjoy. Uh, dopamine and oxytocin are released after sex, and that brings us closer together. And again, I'm going to say that women need to feel connected to want to have sex. Men need sex to feel connected. So make sure that she gets some pleasure first, and then you're going to both get there.
Uh, something that we also like is independence in our partner. Uh, this is why when we first start dating and first start a relationship with somebody, it's so much more exciting because they have that mystery about them. They have that independence to them. They don't need us yet. Uh, they could, you know, go off with somebody else at any time. So there's that, that uh, anticipation. There's that uh, excitement. There's that... Uh, you know, are they going to stay? Are they going to go? Mystery kind of involved. So independence in your partner is a sexy attribute. So each partner needs their own interests, hobbies, and friends. Uh, because when you're interesting, it's easier for your partner to be interested in you. Let's keep things fresh and exciting, no matter how long we're together, by trying new things together. There's always things we haven't done together, right? Like my husband and I, a couple of years ago, we went on a rafting trip. That was the first time we'd ever done that. We'd been married 33 years at that point. So um, there's always something that you haven't tried that you always thought, you know, it would be fun to do something like this. Bring that up do it. Those new and exciting activities can really uh, bring up interest in each other again. Plan a surprise getaway or a weekend away, you know, just getting away for the weekend. Um, and it doesn't need to be far. My husband and I sometimes we'll just go to Santa Fe, which is 45 minutes to an hour away, uh, stay for an overnight um, just for something new and different and exciting to do. Uh, change up your activities. If you have a regular date night, say you go out every Friday night, uh, change up the things that you do. One week go bowling, one week go to, you know, um, a, a comedy club or uh, go see a play or, you know, keep mixing it up. Enjoy and appreciate. This is so important. And because we tend to not do this with people we've lived with for a long time, we forget that we need to give them a positive, happy attitude because that creates openness and opportunity for more connection, for more open talking, honest talking, and uh, opening up about your feelings. We want to smile and enjoy our time together. We must enjoy the journey. Otherwise, what's the point, right? There is no destination in a long-term relationship. It's all journey. So we got to enjoy every moment of it. We want to express our appreciation for each other. You know why I love you? Here's why I love you. You know, uh, you do this great thing for me and you do it every day and you do it without complaining. And it's so important to me. And I just want to let you know how, how much I appreciate that. That is so easy to do. And, um, so, so essential to a healthy relationship. Am I bothering you? You're on your phone here? No, I'm just uh, I'm trying to keep it from buzzing. It was buzzing. Oh, okay. Um, let's get into stimulation. So, of course, the sexual intimacy, um, growing into a sexual encounter requires some stimulation, some sort of a spark to set it off. We want to practice foreplay. Uh, a lot of times we let that go by the wayside, after we've been married a long time, we're like, yeah, we don't need to kiss and all that other jazz. Let's just get to it and <laughs> get it over with as quickly as possible. <laughs> I'd appreciate it if you would wait until I finished kissing I didn't and throw, know you were throw on those one laugh that like much. That. So, and that's what I mean by practice. Make it 
a general practice that you always do certain things that you know your partner enjoys. If you know they really, really enjoy this thing, then do that for them. And then they do something for you that you really enjoy. And that practice helps you, um, again, have it more frequently, get more in the habit of it and enjoy it more as well. Masturbate. Yay. Um, this is not just for men, ladies. Uh, <laughs> uh, recently, Walmart's made the decision to start selling sex toys, high quality sex toys, in fact. So um, get you some. <laughs> Right? Uh, Walmart? Walmart, I know. I was surprised as well. Where are they hiding those? (laughs) It's something they just started doing, I guess. I have no idea. Um, Yeah. So it's everywhere. So don't feel ashamed or like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that because everybody's doing it. And it's fine. It's healthy. It's good for you. Um, Again, it gets you in that doing it more often, being in the mood more often, um, having it be a part of your life, and knowing what feels good so you can communicate that to your partner as well. Dress sexy. Uh, So often, we just want to dress comfortably. (laughs) And that's usually okay. But date night, we want to dress sexy. Um, You know, we want our spouse's attention. Dress sexy. Wear a little cologne. Show a little cleavage or, uh, you know, do your hair, put on a little makeup, whatever it takes, just catch their attention or maybe catch the attention of somebody else in the room. So then your partner notices, oh, I guess they are worth looking at. Ha, ha, ha. I haven't had that problem. (laughs) My husband has always been paying attention to me, so. But I do dress sexy. Use your imagination and fantasize together, like Toby and I were talking about earlier, where uh, what's your fantasy? Well, uh, tell me yours. Well, I'll start it and you finish it. And that can be a lot of fun. Um, Again, just talking through those fantasies together, just hearing the words and, and those words will spark feelings. And then those feelings create actions. So that's a great place to start. And then I put watch soft porn together and talk about it. Now, the reason I didn't say watch porn is because porn has a way of coming between people, um, especially if it's kind of fetishy and uh, it kind of gives you the wrong idea of love and love making. Uh, it can be a little harsh and cold and there's no story in a lot of it. <laughs> it's just, it, it, to me, okay, if I've, the few times I've watched porn, I've laughed. I thought this is really stupid and the man may be into it. So that doesn't, you know, really go together, does it? Hold still for just a sec. Give a little squiggly on here. So that's why I suggest soft porn. Something that women enjoy is more like uh, an R-rated movie that uh, includes, you know, some sexual scenes or activity or um, a little bit of nudity, but not in-your-face, crazy, orgy stuff for the most part. Um, So that's a good way to start anyway. Now, if you're the lady in your life is like, no, I want want the hard stuff, well, you can get there. (laughs) But start off with something a little bit softer and do it together and then talk about it, right? What did you think of that? How do you feel about that? Would you like that? 
Um, these are a lot of great ways to elicit an opinion or a thought or a feeling uh, when your partner is usually pretty silent about these things and doesn't know how to express themselves. That movie can help bring that out. Making time is always important. If you don't make time on your schedule for it, it's not going to happen, right? So schedule sex on your calendar, um, whether that's once a week or twice a week or however often you guys decide together when you're going to have sex, put it on your calendar. Now, this is if you have a hard time finding the time for it. Um, if you haven't had sex in months, it's time to get it on your calendar, right? Allow couple time in bed at night or in the morning. My husband and I always do this. He works nights, so we usually are tired and sleepy at night, but we have time in the mornings. Uh, most mornings, not every morning. Some mornings I've got a, an appointment I've got to get up and take care of. But there are many mornings where I give plenty of time for that couple time in bed. Be flexible and available on your days off. So if, uh, you know, every Saturday, maybe you all, you both have Saturdays off, maybe not every Saturday, get up at 5am and go for a run and, and leave her there for, you know, several hours or go golfing and, and leave her there. But allow some days where you're available and flexible about your time so that you have that spontaneity and availability to get together. Um, let's talk about this with Toby because he did do a lot of traveling in while he was married. Plan a reunion activity after a business trip. So when you come home from a business trip, what is that like? I, I, I do want to say one thing about the golf. Oh, okay. So uh, my daughters had uh, friends whose fathers played golf. Mm -hmm. And my daughters would ask me, uh, why don't you play golf? And I said because I think there's more divorces due to golf than anything else. Uh, and I noticed that my youngest daughter took up golf, mm -hmm. and every Saturday she and her boyfriend go play golf together. Uh -huh. Like, she wasn't going to let that. You know, <laughs> if play she golf, remembered that. I am buying clubs, and I'm taking lessons, mm -hmm. and I'm going to get as good as this you. This is a together thing yeah. now. <laughs> so uh, the hardest part for us is is for, for when it came to business trips. Uh, we all experience the short, you know, two, three, sometimes as long as five-day business trips. Mm -hmm. My business trips were months. And uh, and this happens a lot for women whose husbands, or men whose wives are in the military as well. Or served, or served in the capacity they did with the government. Mm -hmm. And um, and worse, I was always in places that nobody else wanted to be, Iraq and Afghanistan and Nicaragua and places, you know, the Balkans. Uh, so when I came home, we had lost complete contact me from my side because I was focused on what I was doing. Although we talked, we, I, I made a, I made it a point to find a way to call at least once a day, mm -hmm. but I could, I could always tell in her voice and the conversation how, how that distance was progressing. Right. And it isn't just that they're not, they're not, it's not that they're falling out of love. Mm -hmm. It's that they're falling out of the responsibility of a partnership and just becoming their own person. And uh, and then and raising kids and getting right. girls to soccer games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, they're and, shutting off a part of themselves, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's self, part of it's self protective, right? Uh, but you hope you don't do damage. I also made it a point to make sure that if I knew it was going to be a long term project, the last one was you know fifteen months, I'd make sure to come home. I'd make sure part of the deal was I get to come home once a month, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes I could. 
you know, more often than not, I could. But there were times where I couldn't. So there was a two-month spread. Mm-hmm. And uh, that two months does a lot of, I don't, I don't want to say it does damage, but it changes the relationship. And you have to recover from that. Mm-hmm. And coming home and taking her into the bedroom and bouncing, <laughs> you know, boing, boing, <laughs> is not not a good thing. Right. It's not what she expects. It's not what she wants. She just needs to here you figure out how you're going to incorporate yourself back not only into your relationship with her but uh into the family because mm-hmm. they've got a schedule and you're about to screw that up <laughs> you know uh so that made it that made it a little bit more difficult um uh she she knew what she was getting into the advantage i had is that when i married laura she knew what she was getting into um uh, i don't think i don't think she realized the depth of what it was. You know, mm-hmm. nobody f- knows what it feels like to have a husband that's gone for 15 months and then and show up once a month for a very long weekend and then take off. Um, so it, it, I, I learned, I got good at that period of recovery, mm-hmm. of I- integrating myself back into the life of the family, integrating myself back into the relationship, trying to be as helpful and as sensitive as I could to the fact that I was one big interrupter at this point, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and try to avoid that. And I made sure that if I had one of those long projects, that I was off the project for a, a reasonable, uh, any other projects, so mm-hmm. that I could focus on them. Now, I did go to my offices downtown, uh, but I made sure that I'd spent a limited amount of time. The, one of the advantages that I had is, I didn't have to work eight hours a day when I wasn't on project. Uh, I could go downtown, go to lunches, come home early, you know, uh, to go take the girls to soccer practice, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, so I always made it a point. And it usually, the, the longer, the, the later in the relationship and the longer the assignment, the longer it took to recover. And I think at one point, and I, people say, well, you were always traveling. That's why she wanted a divorce. And it, that could have been part of it. Like, mm-hmm. why, do, why am I going to do this? I don't want to do this the rest of my life. Because at that point, it seems like it's going to be the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, th- I think expecting that what you're going to do is fly in one night, get out of the, you know, drive from Dulles to have a cab take you from Dulles home, and then... Uh, grab your spouse by the hand, take her upstairs to the bedroom, and and expect that it's going to be a good time is really really wrong. <laughs> Those don't, because matter. a woman needs to feel connected yeah. before she can have sex. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, and a man needs to, and a man wants to have sex in order to in feel order connected. For, right. So it's it's a balancing act, definitely. So I don't think I I, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure that if it's business trips, you know, you went. I remember, uh, was it a couple of years ago where Kevin was still. Uh, playing a role in the uh, yeah in the um, uh, negotiating committee negotiating committee mm-hmm. of of his union right and you were spending you know he'd be gone every week for three to five days every week mm-hmm. and it was great for us because we could do get a lot of work done but I I remember you kind of you know I I could tell things were rough because he would call you when we'd be working mm-hmm. and uh, I I I eventually got to the point where I'd leave the room. Just because I knew these were difficult calls, I could hear it in your voice. You know, when are you coming home? Mm-hmm. How much longer are you going to be gone? So I remember that period, and and I and I'm sure that Laura went through 
the same thing when I was gone for those periods of time. So yeah, everybody has to do it. Yeah. Ideally, hopefully, I mean, you've been married 35 years now, so either one or both of you has figured out how to make this workable. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't that good. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to make it work. Well, yeah, your, your absences were longer. Yeah. And I think part of it was he, he enjoyed, although he enjoyed the work, he did not enjoy the travel. He hated yeah. traveling and being away. And so I think that made some difference as well, knowing that it wasn't his, really his choice to travel. It was just the nature of the work. And I think that was another thing that I learned not to do. Uh, so for me, the, the travel was as weird as it was. It was exciting and I had a great time, but I couldn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because if I did talk about it, it made it look like, oh, so you had a really good time. <laughs> like, it, you, you, yeah. you you can't have fun. You want to hear the hell the kids yeah. put me through? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you, of course you, I do. You can't have fun. Uh, uh, being away from your family and your spouse. Right. Uh, because if they think you're having more fun wherever you're at, whatever place it's at, than what they're going through right now, then, yeah. So, Makes it worse, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Even the girls, the girls, you know, we, you, you can see that uh, when we had dinner with them, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that they don't have any sense of, you know, just that I was gone and that he came back, you know. <laughs> one day he just, he was gone for a couple of months and then one day he came back. So anyway, plan a reunion activity. Plan some time together alone with your spouse, loved uh, love partner, um, if... You have to be away on a, on business or for whatever reason. If you're away and then you're coming back, uh, plan that time together to reconnect. Uh, if you're still, if you've tried all of these things and there's still no spark going on, I uh, whatever with the sex uh, <laughs> could be medical. So make sure you talk to your doctor and uh, consider these things that in humans, our testosterone, which is the sex drive hormone in both men and women, our testosterone drops with age. Uh, so talk to your doctor about that. Have a blood test, see where you're at. If you're having chronic pain or disease, that's going to get in the way of feeling pleasure through sex. Uh, you need to take care of that first and foremost. If you're having discomfort with bodily changes. As we age, our bodies change. Uh, <laughs> we learned this in, when we were going through puberty, right? <laughs> and it continues to happen, uh, except now we don't have a gym teacher telling us what's going on with our bodies. We have to go to the doctor and say, why am I feeling these things? Why do I look this way? What's happening to me? And a lot of that anxiety can build up in your mind and, again, gets in the way of sexual pleasure and desire. So talk to your doctor. Now, what if your past is getting in the way? Uh, especially for those of us who've been married a long time. I was married. I was married. I have been married for 35 years. Toby was married for 20? Longer. Some? Uh, let's see. 20, 20, 31. Well, to the same woman, though. Oh. <laughs> if you add them all up. Okay, so, but if the longer you've been with someone, the more likely it is that you've got baggage between you. There have been mistakes. There have been hurt feelings. There have been things said that you wished had not been said. There have been things that you've done that turned out to be a, a real problem. And we 
that gets in the way. Even if we had a discussion about it and uh, we've moved on from it, apologies were made, and we think we're over it, it can still cloud our thoughts and block desire. So what can we do about that? It's in the past, right? We can't change the past. We cannot change the circumstances of the past, but we can change how we think about it now. Okay, so let's talk about that. So here's an example of something that happened in my life that I had to deal with. The circumstance, my husband traveled for work uh, for many, many years. He traveled a lot for work uh, where he was gone a good part of the week and he was home on the weekends. Uh, so I had to deal with that. So my thoughts were, I'm alone He's abandoned me because we never discussed this when we got married that he was going to be doing this. And now all of a sudden I was alone with the kids. I mean, I wouldn't have even had kids if I had knew, known I was going to have to raise them alone. So I was pretty unhappy. <laughs> so I was thinking I'm alone and abandoned here. And that made me feel lonely, sad, and gave me a low self-esteem, low opinion. I'm not valued. He's not here. Um, so what did I do? The action I did was put up walls. Um, I just, I didn't even care a lot of times if he was going to call me or not because he wasn't there. So even if he called me and I said, well, this and this and this is wrong, he can't fix it. He's not there. So I put up these walls and what the result was feeling more alone. So that ties in with my thought. I'm alone and abandoned result more alone. So if I look back at that now, I could have the same thought or I can change the thought about it. So if I'm changing my thoughts about the circumstance, the circumstance can't be changed, but I can change my thoughts and feelings. So the circumstance stays the same. My husband travels for work, but my thought changes. I'm an independent and strong partner in this marriage. I can handle this. I'm an adult and I have my own life going on. So no matter what he does... I'm okay. I'm happy in myself. I'm happy with my life. These are the choices I've made. And this is where I am because these, you know, this is what I chose to do. And this is what I want with, to do with my life. So these are better, stronger thoughts, which lead to feelings of confidence, determination, and the idea that I am worthy and I'm an independent person and I can deal with this. And then the action that comes from that is that I have now a more interesting life to share with my partner. So when he comes home, he can tell me all about the things that happened, what he did and where he was, and I can tell him about what happened in my world. So we have a more interesting life to share. And then the results of that is to enjoy spending that time together um, and have fun together and more sexy time. So changing your thoughts can make a big difference. So here's my recommendations for making uh, how to have a sexier marriage. Visualize what your best sex life looks like for you. This is really a good idea every now and then to think about, you know, I have my fantasies and whatnot, but what I really want is, you know, to feel attracted to my husband, to have a loving, supportive marriage, to have sex once or twice a week and have it be really good for both of us. You know, just have these ideas uh, in your mind and visualize that. What would that look like? Talk to your partner about what those sexual desires are, what you want your life to look like, 
expressing your feelings and beliefs about sex and relationships. If you have any hangups, uh, I don't like doing this because when, you know, I was a kid, uh, this happened and now I don't like that thing. Or, you know, I really would like to try this. Something about it just really excites me, you know, and share that with your partner so that they can understand you better. The more you share and the more open you are, the more they can love you. Change your thoughts where needed. So again, look back at your past. If there's something in the way, is there baggage that you need to change your thoughts about? Then make a plan together on how you're going to go forward from here. Uh, reach out and join the Softer Side member vault at esofterside.com. There's a lot of really great information in there about communication and relationships. Join our Facebook group. You can always uh, post in there and ask questions. And that's on Facebook groups, The Softer Side. Podcast. We have a podcast available. This show turns into a podcast the day, the day after it airs. And uh, it's available on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple. So if you want to share it with somebody uh, by podcast, that's a great way to do it. And you can always email me at thesofterside.info at gmail.com if you have further questions. I can help you with uh, coming to a better life, you know, uh, sexually or in other ways. If you would like to improve your relationship with your spouse or you have other areas of your life that you would like to design to be better and brighter in the future, then I can help with a free discovery coaching session. Simply sign up through esofterside.com and we can get that scheduled. Live chat in the live chat room. I hope that uh, you guys are talking in there and having a good time. Here is another prompt for you while Toby and I finish our conversation. What gets in the way of a sexier marriage for you? Did you want to go to full screen? So, when you were married, can you think of <laughs> anything that got in the way of your sex life? My, uh, I would say, and it's a trait that I, I still have, my uh, constant need to learn and do new things. Um, I don't know whether you call them hobbies or avocations or interests, mm -hmm. but I'm in constant motion when it comes to that. And it starts taking time away. Mm -hmm. And then what I realized is that the children were getting older, um, that that I could use them. You know, one of my sons, uh, Carl, took an interest in remote-controlled cars. You mean you could use their interests? Their, you, yeah. So I'd say, oh, well, I have to take him to the racetrack, and then we have to spend money on buying stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was that. Uh, uh, soccer got in the way because uh, every one of the members of the family, except Jason, played. Uh, and Carl got to the point where he was way beyond my ability to coach him, so he went on to hire. But I coached the girls for literally 17 years, and that would get in the way. So there were there were all these things that I had an interest in, and I didn't just become your average soccer coach. I went to s summer soccer coaching camps at uh, University of North when Carolina. When you go in, you go all in. And, and that was kind of the thing, <laughs> whatever the interest was. And mm -hmm. uh, Laura used to refer to it as phases. 
And she always, it was funny because she'd say your phases already always start with the number of magazines that are on the, 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 the magazines that are on the bedstand on the Those nightstand. magazines have turned into YouTube channels. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so that was, she could always indicate, Oh, well, I guess at least he's practicing. This is his new phase. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I realized that a lot of that, a lot of that, I don't, I don't know necessarily because I've always been like that, mm-hmm. right. I've always wanted to learn new and do new stuff. And, um, and, uh, uh, I think what I had to do was figure out a way to continue to do that, but not at the expense of the relationship. Mm-hmm. But you, you said a really interesting thing uh, uh, just a few minutes ago when you were talking about your relationship with Kevin, and that is, I didn't, I didn't get married for this, right? This isn't why I got married. I got married, and if I'd had, if I'd known you were going to be traveling like a crazy man, or you had all these interests, Laura never actually said this, but I'm sure now that you've mentioned it she probably mm-hmm. felt like if i had known this was going to be your definition of marriage <laughs> i might not have gotten married mm-hmm. or i wouldn't have had children yeah. you know <clears throat> but that's but, that's a self that's a that's a thinking of i married you so you could make me happy right yeah that's never going to work well but that's, we have to make ourselves happy uh, and uh, from that happiness we can share our love uh, and what she did is you're well aware that uh, she forged my name <laughs> and we ended up with foster babies right. one of the times i came home and there was a foster baby uh in the house i'm going what's this about and she said we're doing foster babies for catholic charities you know 24 of them but yeah. it was her way of thinking because now the girls were in school so she had less time with them you know and uh, so it was her way of kind of finding a way to do this. It was and, filling in the gap that you left. Right. And, mm-hmm. and she could find someone to, to because when it come to, came to babies, you, you've heard me say this before, Laura loves babies, right? And uh, so it gave her the opportunity to do that and, and, and raise them through their most difficult time, that, you know, from the time they're out of the hospital literally until they go to their, to their parents. But one of the things was that it brought us together because now we had to take care of babies and mm-hmm. we had and if we were going to a soccer game we had to figure out who was taking the baby you know kind of thing so uh it was a very wise move on her part and it made us both happy and it brought us uh, together uh, you know like and and it brought the family integrated the girls the girls ended up the best babysitters <laughs> in chantilly uh, because they were used to having a baby babies around, and mm-hmm. people would pay you know premium prices to have a girl's babysit for them because they knew they were so good. And now as they have their own babies, and they're really good with babies, you know. So uh, that was one of the things that she did that I thought was really smart, and uh, because it did bring us together. And but it, that could not have added to your sex life, though. I mean, maybe together as you know. Uh, uh, you know, an attachment or a deep attachment. But what about sex? I mean, when do you have sex when you have a new baby in the house all well, the time? It, <laughs> it, it is more difficult, but there's no excuse. That baby's going to sleep and, mm. and the, you know, you have to work it out. But what was interesting about it is it produced lots of intimacy in the conversation about the babies. Like it would start with a conversation of babies and then we'd start snuggling because babies make you snuggle on <laughs> snuggle. And, and before you know it, you, you've moved from snuggling to necking. And before you know it, you move from necking to boing, boing. So <laughs> boing, boing. <laughs> uh, okie dokie. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was good for us. And I think uh, what the marriage lasted as long as it did. I mean, I blame myself. I could have been, you know, 
I think I told you once that we were at the, um, it wasn't an attorney, it was some... Um, mediator? Mediator. <clears throat> Thank you for helping with my words. Um, and um, the mediator was basically coming to the conclusion that Laura wasn't going to work with mediation. And uh, so she said, okay, well, let's, let's call the session. And Laura looked across the table and she said, if you were half as good a husband as you were a father, we'd be okay. And that that told you everything you noted you needed to know about her relationship. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you can't let uh, the the conclusion I came to at that point, although it was too late, was you can't let anything in your life, up to and including children, cats, dogs, and plants, become more important than plants. your relationship. <laughs> what a plant! Yeah, I don't know. More I just, than you know your how spouse. I feel about plants. <laughs> I just worked it in there. Um, uh, you can't let anything, no matter what, how interested you are in the subject, mm-hmm. become more important than the relationship with the woman that you're married, or, or in your case, the man that you're married. So that's my advice. All right. Yeah. And my advice is uh, to look at your thoughts. When you aren't happy with the results that you're getting in your life, if that's uh, your sex life is not as good as you want it to be, or if it's uh, anything going on in your life, uh, take a look at the results you're getting and then analyze your thoughts that led to those results and see if you can change your thoughts to change the results in the future. Right? I agree. All right. Well, let's get to the chat. Talk to see what they have to a, say. a lot of chats. Uli's uh, in the room says hi. Joe S says hey. Uh, Hi, Jensen from New Orleans. Yeah. Um, let's see. Mike Fontenot, watching in Prairieville, Louisiana. We Thank have you. a couple people in my Facebook room. Uh, we have Christopher Calkins and Greg Jorgensen stopped by. I don't know if they're still here, but uh-huh, hello. Um, Mike uh, Fontenot says, still having fun together, glad to learn more. I communicate more, would like my wife to. I do encourage her to do so, not going to give up. That's right. You know, and that storytelling fantasy thing that we talked about can be a lot of fun. And uh, maybe watching movies together. And like I said, something softcore, something uh, sweet and romantic. And then asking questions about how does that make you feel? Is that something you would like? Can, would you like it if I did that more? And then that can lead you into a talk about sex as well. So Laura liked movies that made her cry, mm. but then she needed me around because she thought her face looked funny when she cried. <laughs> so she'd so she'd like just bury her face in my chest, you know, like just don't look at me. This is a sad moment. You mean at home or only at, wherever the, at we the were. theater? At the theater. <laughs> okay. Um. So uh, Deborah Jensen asks Shelley, why do men prefer mourning? Why do men prefer mourning? <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you heard of the f- phrase morning wood <laughs> they're ready in the morning because they got nothing else to do with their their mind is clear uh they've just had a really refreshing night's sleep they don't have they're not thinking about their work day um and they're ready to go i think i think testosterone peaks in the morning as well and that's probably why we we hear about morning wood yeah <laughs> Isn't there a Beatles song called Morning? I know. <laughs> I 
think it's called morning when it is oh. something wood. Uh, I'm well, that's what they're referring to. Mike uh, <laughs> Mike says she seems always not to want to, but gives in and goes with the flow, which mm -hmm. is good. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the converse communication conversation he was talking about. It could be uh, a number of things. Talk about it. Ask her. Um, you know, how are you feeling? Uh, is this uh, is there something I can do to get you ready? that I'm not doing. And if the answer is no, 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 there's nothing you can do, then talk to her about that, either the thought process or visiting with her doctor, because as we hit uh, menopausal years, our hormones change a lot, and we don't always know what's going on until we have gone to see the doctor and gotten a blood test and, and can take a look at those numbers. So I'm going to give you a secret from Toby Eunice's book of sentient selling. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but... Um, one of the things that if you had taken my course, you'd find out is that people like talking about themselves more than they like talking about you or listening to you talk about yourself. So ask them questions, ask them open-ended questions. What they want from a man, uh, as I understand it, and I could be complacent, I'm not perfect <laughs> what at the this, heck but, do you know? it's <laughs> but uh, what they want from the man are your planning skills, your ability to get things uh, done. Mm -hmm. But You are right. You do know. Yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> he's totally right. Uh, the, what, but they don't. Uh, what they do like is talking about what they're doing, not with a sense that they're making plans. Or they, even when you ask them if they're making plans, they'll tell you the plans. But they don't want that to interrupt anything that you want have planned for the two of you. So uh, the easiest way to get them in a conversation is to let them talk. And and the way that you let them talk is you ask them open end questions: what, where, when, who, and how. Don't do why. That could be offensive. <laughs> but if you ask those open-ended questions, it'll it'll make it easier because they get to talking. Because they love, I, I say they as if it's a, a, a estrogen-connected thing. They love talking about themselves, about their lives. Everybody so does. Give them a chance to do that. And, uh, and sometimes it's hard because then you have to listen. And I guarantee you, you know, the... the there's going to be parts of what she's telling you that aren't going to be of that great an interest to you. But remember, that's the woman that you married. And to her, it's interesting. I heard more about bridge games and the conversation at bridge games than, than, than it, but I would ask. And I don't even play bridge. And the reason I don't even play bridge is because I don't like the game. I think it's a Yeah, crazy. I don't like it either. So... So, uh, but, <laughs> but I could almost tell you how a bridge game goes because it was described to me dozens of times and damn mm. it, I listened to every one of them. Uh, let's see, wants to bring it to the end and gives in and goes, yeah, just ask her questions, get her doing the conversation. If, if she's conversing, if you're talking too much, this is what she tells me. If you're talking too much, then, then you can't be listening to what she has to say. Yeah, Toby knows all about that. Deborah says, my husband plays golf every weekend, then he's tired. The rest of the weekend, he is 64. Yeah, that's, 64. <laughs> that's a lot of work. 64, yeah. And well, how do you feel about that, Deborah? <laughs> Does she say? Uh, she doesn't. Mm -hmm. Well, wait, wait, hang on. Uh, so then she says, this is a good point, Toby, but I don't know what she's talking, which point I made then. Oh, the divorce uh, and the golf, maybe? I don't know. I know. Oh, here's, she does say, I know that fe I know that feeling after his golf trips for a few days. You know, uh, that, mm -hmm. the disconnect, you're going to have to yeah. work at being connected yeah. again. So that's what she's talking that's about. That's right. Uh, Joe S. says, well, I was leery of this talk, but I really get excited when practicing came up. 
There's a whole bunch of Freud in that statement, isn't there? Joe, that's a little bit of Freudian material there. Uh, Joe asks, seriously, I've been or will be married 50 years uh, if I make it to the end of November. You're going to make it. You'll make it. No problem. Call us and we'll talk on the show about it. Yeah. Medical we'll issues. Celebrate. Uh, medical issues of mine stopped physical relationships, but just touching and hugging became very important. Absolutely. That's right. Julie says, wow, 24 foster babies. Yes. <laughs> We'd get them right out of the hospital. And the hard part was... We had to turn them over to the, each one had to go to their foster parents. And after, actually, after about the third one, it wasn't so hard. Uh, but the first couple were really difficult. The girls got into it, my daughters. And then Mike, the ones you had for a year. Pardon me? And then there and were the, the ones, twins. yeah, a pair of twins for 12 months. They were calling yeah. me daddy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's rough. I mean, that's too uh, rough to make people do that. Okay, so that's all we got in the chat room. All right. Well, I'm so glad you guys were here today to have a discussion with this on this topic. And uh, let's see what we're going to have to talk about uh, next Wednesday. And again, I thank you for being here at four o'clock at a new time. Suddenly, <laughs> we had to change things up a little bit. Because uh, we're in constant motion. Yeah, because uh, our, our schedule on our other channels changed. So uh, we, will be ba- we will be here at four o'clock from now on, except for the 19th, because I'm taking off Friday the 19th of July for a colonoscopy. Yay. You want to switch to uh, the slides so we can see our next slide here? Uh, I want to read something. Huli uh, says, try everything twice. If you don't like it the first time, it might have been a fluke. You might miss something you love for the rest of your life. Ah. Deborah says, thank you, Toby and Shelley. Yeah. Switch to the slides. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh and again, you can change your thinking. You can always change your thinking, and that can change how you feel about something, too. So on Wednesday, July 10th at 4 o'clock, we're going to be talking about how the past does not define your future. So that kind of fits a lot into some of the things we were talking about today, that when we decide that we know exactly what's going to happen in our future because this is what's happened in our past. For instance, I can't make any more money than this because that's I've never had before, or I can't um, I, I don't want to do that thing that I've never done before, uh, cause I've never done it before. Or I remember the one time I tried that thing and I hated it. So I never want to do it again. There's the past can have a real hold on us. Um, if we do not take a look at it and, and see if we can change our negative thinking into positive thinking. So that's what we're going to talk more about on Wednesday. I'll tell my Sean story. Tell your Sean story. I'm Love your stories. Um, Mike says, see you next time. Uh, Joe says, thank you all much. And Huli says, thanks, Dynamic Duo. Yeah. Thanks for being here, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, we appreciate all your questions and comments. And again, if you would like to connect with me one-on-one and talk more about designing your future, you can uh, contact me at uh, thesofterside.info at gmail.com or join the member vault at esofterside.com. So thanks for being here. Appreciate guys. And I'll see you again on Wednesday. And for The Softer Side, I'm your transitions coach, Shelly Carney. Thank you for listening to The Softer Side with Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice. Please write to us with questions or ideas for future shows at thesofterside.info at gmail.com and visit the free member vault 
for more great tips and ideas at